Empire. The new venue has been in the works before the world shut down. You know, in MLS, we've really attempted to do the same thing and have great atmosphere in the stadiums, great supporters. Uh, deep roots with our with our youth soccer communities and, and everyone else uh, in our region. So I think that's always been at our ethos. That's Jared Shawley, Chief Operating Officer of the San Jose Earthquakes, where new partnerships can help bring the team back at the center of a community. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. There have been a ton of democratizing of brands and likenesses thanks to social media and its inherent reach. Sports can be both far-reaching and at the same time, integral parts of a specific community. For Jared Shawley, both are happening, but the focus is swinging back into what a team can be for Silicon Valley and maybe less about what Silicon Valley can do for the team. Our guest this week is the Chief Operating Officer of the MLS's San Jose Earthquakes, Jared Shawley, as they have entered into a historic and really unique naming rights agreement with PayPal. Hey, Jared, how are you? Great to have you here. Thanks for having me, Bram. Look forward to uh, talking about this with you today. Naming rights is a completely normal thing that happens in sports. This one seems to have a unique twist attached to it and not just putting PayPal on the name of the park. There seems to be some thought process behind why partnering with them. Yeah, it's, um, it is a unique partnership, and it's, it's one that was born out of some conversations we had with, uh, with the CEO of PayPal and, and his leadership team last summer, right in the middle of the pandemic, actually. Um, which felt like, you know, kind of a, a, an interesting, maybe strange time to be um, out talking to companies about your naming rights. You know, we were worried about, will we play again? Are we going to have fans back? Um, and so the tack uh, that we took into the conversation was, hey, let's approach this from a different vantage point. Let's acknowledge we're in the middle of a pandemic. We have a community here in San Jose that's, that's hurting from that pandemic. Um, and how can two, you know, big institutions of San Jose, the Earthquakes and, and PayPal, one of the uh, original San Jose Silicon Valley companies, you know, step up and, and help support our community through this time? Um, and so with that, it's kind of a lens we started with. Uh, the discussions took off and, and we came up with, I think, some really unique programs to, uh, to support the local community here and hopefully help some of the small businesses around San Jose uh, rebound from the pandemic. So, all right. So take me through some of that. How do you intend to use this relationship to help small businesses? Uh, what we're going to do is in the traditional naming rights partnership, um, you know, the company, in addition to putting their name on the building, has all sorts of other assets around um, the games and the stadium and, and, and um, you know, all the places that the club uh, markets their sponsors. PayPal is going to take a, a big bundle of those assets, all their LED time during the game, um, all their social uh, media time leading into the game, and they're going to donate that in a package to a different small business every game, uh, and let those small businesses get the marketing benefit that these big companies get when they sponsor sports teams. Um, and so the hope there is, as we lead into these games, it kind of becomes a uh, fun thing for for Quakes fans and the fans of the community to know who the small business of the game is going to be, and then see their name and lights, you know, all game long, um, which can hopefully then drive you know business and, and customers back back to them here in the community. You know, it's, it's really interesting um, that you are taking this community approach and, and um, I, I think the pandemic has exacerbated some of this for some teams, but 
I think what's gotten lost a lot in sports, I'll see if you agree with this, is that with the proliferation of, of social media and access to all sorts of brands, stars, leagues, that community-based orientation of a team in a region seems to have been muddled here. And, and I'm not just hearing it from you. I'm hearing it from others that there are teams and leagues that are trying to figure out a way to get the community back engaged on that level. Is, is that a, a fair way to put it? I think that's a great way to put it. I think going through this past year without fans in the stadiums, I don't know how you could, and you know, seeing the stuff that's happening in all of our communities from COVID, it, it just changes your orient as a sports team. And, and sports teams at their core, right, we, we were founded to be community gathering places. Um, you know, we're here to entertain the community, bring people together, give them a shared experience, uh, and give them pride in their local, in their local region. I don't know if that was lost along the way. I mean, certainly as, as the sports business has grown, you know, economics have, have taken effect. But I do think a new focus has been put back uh, in that direction. And, and hopefully that that's a good thing. Um, you know, we need to get our communities back together. We need to uh, bring people together and give them a shared experience. And, you know, I, I'm hearing that from a lot of my colleagues around, around the industry as well. But I think a lot of teams and, and then their sponsors and their brands are putting that emphasis on it. Um, you know, as we return here in 2021. Were you feeling that pre-pandemic or did, did the pandemic exacerbate that feeling? Could, could take me through this idea of we need to get everybody back together in our community. Yeah, I think MLS and soccer have always served a little bit of a unique uh, spot in the U.S. landscape. <clears throat> you know, soccer globally is a, is a community-based sport, right? Like clubs reflect their cities and their regions uh, from the smallest clubs to the biggest clubs in the world. Um, and I think, you know, in MLS, we, we, we've really attempted to do the same thing and have great atmosphere in the stadiums, great supporters, uh, deep roots with our, with our youth soccer communities and, and everyone else uh, in our regions. So I think that's always been at our ethos. <clears throat> and then the pandemic just amplified that. Um, obviously, we know, you know people are hurting in our regions right now. We know here in San Jose, we've had a huge um, uh, uh, food insecurity. Uh, issue that's come up in, in the past year that the earthquakes have spent a lot of time focusing on um, and will continue to do so. And so, you know, we've created now, coming out of this pandemic, here in a region like Silicon Valley, um, just a wider gap between the success and the technology and, and kind of what, you know, the region's known for. And then the folks who've been a little bit left behind by that. Um, and so, you know, I think that's been there. I think this put a spotlight on it. I think COVID put a spotlight on it. And I think that uh, you know all the institutions of these regions, especially sports teams, have a have a responsibility to step up and, and help to do their part. Um, let me go back to your stadium for a moment. Um, we just got a new one. I'm based out of Washington D.C., and we just got a new one a couple of years ago at D.C. United, which is a fabulous venue in an emerging mm-hmm. part of town. Um, I love out, it. I love I love that stadium. It's a fantastic soccer first venue. It is is outstanding, outstanding venue that they built. And I, and I have not been to to PayPal Park before, but I've seen the pictures. I've heard about it. Um, can you kind of take me through um, how you guys think through the game day experience? Because you have a lot of very unique attributes to the park that you have there. Yeah, our, our stadium, um, you know, kind of the ethos of it, it really blends um, the concept of we want all the fans to feel close to the field. We want fans to feel part of the game and we want their experience to be smooth and frictionless while they're here. Um, and so it's a combo of, of kind of old school, you know, that tight knit soccer stadium feel from Europe. Uh, but we do want to blend in the background of that, the technology that makes the experience feel 
feel good to fans. Uh, so when you come in here, oh, so many people always remark, they say, oh, it's so beautiful. And they, and they never know why. And it's, we, we don't really have any fixed signage outside of PayPal um, in the whole stadium. So all the, all the signage in the whole stadium is digital. <clears throat> makes the stadium very flexible. Um, but it also gives kind of a unique feel when you come in. And, and uh, there's a lot of, we get a lot of comments on that. And then, and then the back-end infrastructure, the Wi-Fi that we've had in place, best in class. Uh, what we're going to set up here with PayPal will be a, frictionless payment system. People will be able to use Venmo at all of our registers, <laughs> kiosks around the stadium. Um, I, I like when like we enable that sort of experience, but we're not so in your face about it. Like we're not telling the fans, hey, the technology is amazing. Yeah. It's just that their experience feels amazing. And then they don't even need to know why that's happening. But we program that on the back end. And how have you thought through as you're opening doors again to fans coming back to live events? How have you thought through what are the new initiatives that you want fans to experience when they come to a live match again? Yeah, you know, one of our one of our uh, driving thoughts here has been <clears throat> we do want to give them a, a return to normalcy. Um, so similar to how we want the technology to power their frictionless experience, we want the technology to power a safe experience for them when they're coming back, but not have to be so so overt say, you know, please watch where you're walking, watch your mask wearing, et cetera. Um, we want them to feel like, hey, they're coming back to, to the place they used to call home. It's going to be safe. We're going to have all the policies and procedures in place uh, for them. Uh, but we're going to enable faster lines. We're going to enable less queuing. Uh, so instead of having to tell people to space six feet apart, just don't even let the line create itself in the first place. Um, and so that's, gonna, that's where a lot of our focus is, is on right now. We've made a lot of physical additions to the stadium as well as technology additions to, to make sure that there really is no queuing happening anywhere. Um, and so we'll see how it goes, but we're excited to open the doors this weekend and give it a, our first try. Um, you know, it, it's interesting, the MLS specifically in places like Atlanta and Seattle, even here in Washington, and I, I don't know if you experience the same thing with San Jose as a very young demographic that's very interested in the sport and are really P1 fans of it. So I always like to ask people who are involved in MLS as you view the because you are engaging with them differently than some of the older, more traditional sports in America. What do they want from you? What do they want from a game day experience? Yeah, it's a great question. It is a, it's a fascinating trend. This is going to be my 14th season in the league. So I, you know, I've seen the transition that the uh, league has gone through from, Hey, you know, we're, we're courting youth soccer families and, it's a fun day at the park to now we have the intense supporters experience and it does appeal to a younger crowd. Um, <clears throat> I think what our younger crowd wants and what we really try and focus on is they just want authenticity. Uh, they want to have an authentic communication and, and voice from the club on all of our issues. They want to come to the games and they want to experience uh, soccer and supporters culture um, as it's been done around the world uh, for many, many years. And if we're authentic to the game and we're authentic to you know who we are as a club, you know people buy into that. Um, and then, you know, there's pride in that and there's, um, there's winning and losing, of course, that goes into it. And that has to be a part of it. Um, but I think as most clubs have, have really grasped onto like what makes their city unique and authentic about that. And then given that supporters experience in the stadium, you know, we've just seen the, the sport continue to explode in this country. Uh, and every one of these new teams that comes in, they really raise the bar for yeah. the teams that have been around for a while, like the earthquakes and, and DC United, this is the original teams. Um, which is great. Um, take me through content too. Um, how, what do you see the future of, of how the MLS is going to present its matches to the young new audiences? 
you know, I, I think we had so much momentum coming into COVID. Um, our stadium atmospheres are, are, to me, the most unique um, the most unique in the United States if you go across MLS and, and you get to experience games in all these stadiums. They're never the same. There's something special about each market that they bring to the table. Um, and so I think for MLS, we need to pick up right where we left off. Um, we have the trajectory. We've got the North Star with the 2026 World Cup coming back to the United States. Um, and, and we've got, you know, just incredible player development happening right now at our youth ranks that all those pieces are there, these great new markets like you mentioned and, and some of the existing markets getting better infrastructure. And we've just got to keep pressing forward. Um, the path is laid out for MLS to, to continue its ascendancy. And I think we just got to take advantage of the moment. All right, I'll let you go on this. I mean, this just happened. And I have to ask you, what do you think of Super League that is being formed uh, in Europe? <laughs> it's a great question. The earthquakes were, we were sad to turn down our invitation to the Super League. <laughs> <laughs> I just mentioned, you know, how, how much I value authenticity in sports. And there's clearly there's clearly a disconnect between the launch of this league and, and what the fans and supporters of these clubs uh, want. Yeah. So I'm not sure where this will end out to. Um, <clears throat> it would be fascinating to watch it. Um, but, you know, we're just going to continue to focus on the earthquakes and MLS and, and the 2021 season here and, and trying to qualify for the uh, – CONCACAF Champions League. I think that's our, our route to success. I do think you just passively said you would join, though, if an invitation come your, came your way. <laughs> uh, it'd be an interesting conversation, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, it would. I, I don't know. I, an American-based team in that, I think, might go over pretty well in this country. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Jared Shawley is the Chief Operating Officer of the San Jose Earthquakes. Thank you so much for joining us. Awesome, Bear. Appreciate the time. On the next Future Sport Podcast, the stock market and memorabilia collectors have converged on a forward-thinking platform. Shareholders are the owners of these assets, not so much collectible anymore, although collectible company does have equity in everything we put on, but by and large, it's shareholder assets. So when these offers are received, we're fully transparent. It's our fiduciary responsibility to the owners of these assets to present opportunities for them to hopefully make you know, some, some money. That's Ezra Levine, CEO of Collectible, where fractional ownership allows for collectors of all levels to be in on some of the priciest items that sports has to offer. That will do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. The Future Sport Podcast is brought to you by 3Advance, developers of sports tech apps that are AI-powered and UX-focused, So if you're looking to create some apps for your startup or your sports biz calls for some artificial or business intelligence, you should check out 3Advance. They're incredible. Go to 3Advance.com. That's the number 3Advance.com.